uh, microphone doesn't work, so there we go. I'm just going to stand right here, and I may grab a microphone over here. I'm going to hold on to this one tonight and use it because my pack doesn't work. So let's talk about God's Word tonight. How's that sound? If you'll open your Bibles to Joshua 1.8, we're going to look at a familiar passage that we have talked extensively about here at our church to talk about, uh, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. But right before that, as we get to this particular passage, we come to Joshua 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Where we would get these instructive words, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Tonight, maybe more than a, uh, really a sermon, I want to give you some instructions, some just practical admonition for you as you study, read, and apply God's Word. So if you have your little, uh, little sheet of paper in front of you, I know we don't have sermon notes tonight, my apologies, but maybe you can find some scratch paper there in your order of service that you can write some practical admonitions, many one, two, three, four type things tonight, some practical admonitions for you as you study, read, apply, and hear God's Word in your daily walk with the Lord. So again, tonight, very practical, not much of a, a sermon per se, but maybe more of a, of a lecture. I'm not going to call on any of you for answers, but uh, this is where we're going to go. So let me just ask you tonight. Tonight, as we gather together, did, did anybody bring a Bible with them? Anybody? I hope that that would be your custom, that you would bring your copy of God's Word. Do your, does your copy of God's Word, maybe, is it digital? Did anybody bring that tonight? You got it? You turned it on? We've had to, over the years, say, open your copy of God's Word, to sometimes say, turn on your copy of God's Word, and find in your copy of God's Word a different passage. I remember distinctly being at youth camp many years ago, uh, around 2007, 2008, and I asked the kids to uh, open up their Bibles, and not a one of them opened up their Bible. They all turned it on. And my heart was just like, what world are we living in? But this is where we are. And so whether your copy of God's Word is in paper or print, would you, would you look at it together? But would you imagine that today, as you brought your copy of God's Word, at any point as you brought it in, did you have to get it checkpointed? Did anybody question your copy of God's Word? Did anybody stop you and say, hey, I don't think you're allowed to carry that? At any point, did anybody stop you and say, hey, that's not good that you have that with you? Of course not. We live in this wonderful country that you are free to carry God's Word anywhere that you want to. In fact, how many Bibles, if you had to stop and count, do you have right now currently at your house? One copy? Two copies? Does everybody have like 14 copies individually of, of different Bibles? You know, I, I, people have just been so gracious and given me Bibles over the year. And so I've got maybe like three copies of each translation of the Bible on my shelf. And I almost just brought them out and just plopped them up. Because I, I'm like you, probably growing up here, you've got, having a copy of God's Word is not the problem, is it? We've got plenty of copies of God's Word. Probably in every translation known to man. Uh, I've even heard recently there's a hippie translation of the Bible. There's, there's translations of the Bible in any heart language that you've got here in America. We've got translations galore. So if having a copy of God's Word is not the problem, right now consider that this morning as we gathered together and we had a wonderful morning of worship together. You had wonderful opportunities to have Bible fellowship classes, but think for a moment that there were countries today that gathered together in a basement shack somewhere 
They gathered together to study God's word, and instead of having a copy of God's word, they had over the years taken pages out of God's word and handed them out to different households to memorize because they knew if they ever got confiscated God's word, they would all go to prison or worse, be put to death. And so there in those little shanty basement uh, apartments or little basement uh, of these little shacks, gathered believers came together under fear of persecution that if they were found to have a copy of God's word, that they would be beaten or persecuted or put into jail. Pastors would not have a copy of God's word, but they would have memorized huge swaths of God's word to be prepared in case their copy got confiscated. Now, today, my goal is not to make you feel bad. Of course not. It's to be reminded of the joy that we have to have copies of God's word readily available. But but I do believe that with, with much that we've been given, much is required. We don't have much excuse for why we're not reading it, why we're not studying it, why we're not accessing it. We are living in the golden age, in a golden country of technology and access to God's word. For a moment, let me read you some staggering statistics. Just 11% of Americans read the Bible daily. Now, that's 11% of all Americans, so that's maybe not too bad when you consider that we live amongst a pretty dark culture, that 11% of Americans read the Bible daily, and more than half of Americans read it less than once a month or never. So more than half of all Americans read the Bible less than once a month or never. But let's scope in for just a second. Born-again Christians. Not not people who just maybe go to church every once in a while, but those who consider themselves born-again Christians. 18% read the Bible every day. Meaning two out of every ten Christians read their Bible or open their Bible every day. More than that, born-again Christians, 23% say they never, ever read the Bible. Just, just don't read it. Which means one in four believers never pick up their Bibles and read it at all. Come to, come to bear here tonight. Are you reading? Are you studying? Are you ingesting? Are you applying God's word into your life? How often do you face problems? How often do you face temptations? How often do you face difficulties and shortcomings and struggles in your life? All God's people would say, every day, every day, every moment of every day, we're facing problems and issues and temptations and struggles and strife. So if we face those things every day, don't we need to be equipped for them every single day? And so this evening, let's look together. At this central phrase in Joshua 1.9, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you be careful to do everything that is written in it. So four quick things. Why is studying the Bible important? And I'm going to give you a lot of quick lists, okay? So if you're a list taker, if you're a note taker, tonight is your night to shine. But sorry, you've got nothing to write it on. So find something, tissue paper, whatever you can find. Why is studying the Bible important? One, number one, to know God. We are studying God's word to know who God is. God did not leave us in a state of wondering who he is, what he's done. We're not left with a, a set of trying to figure out, God, what is he like? What does he enjoy? What, what, what gives him joy in us? We're not left with just worshiping a God that we cannot know. God's word tells us who he is. Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So if we want to know what pleases the Lord, we read his word to understand it. It's shocking to know that if we are believers, born-again Christians, and we want to know who God is, then we would not read his word. Brittany and I were young in our dating relationship, and she would write a little note. Man, I, 
I loved her and deeply cared about her from an early age. And so when she would write those little notes, man, you know that would pour over every letter, the curvature of the word. I mean, I would pour over those letters because I loved her. And every word, I would try to read into it and try to figure every little detail out because I loved her. I wanted to make her happy. I wanted her to like me back. So I read every little detail, every little nuance of that letter, held it tight, put it on the bedside table, wanted it near to me always. God's word, the God that we serve, the God that we are we're chasing after has given us a detailed understanding of who he is. And so we read and study God's word to know who he is. Ask questions like, what is God like? What is he, what is he all about? Who is this God that we serve? It's clearly written for us to leave no doubt about his character and his nature. And what we find as we read the pages of it is he is loving, he's kind. As, as Jonathan sang about this morning, he's a gentle Savior. We see it written throughout the pages of his word. So if anything, it leaves us with such joy to know who our God is. And so we read and study God's word to know who God is. We also read and study God's word to search our own heart. It's shocking how we read God's word and it reveals things about our own character and our own nature. It's like a mirror reflected up to our heart. So we read and study God's word to understand better who we are as people. God created us, knitted us, and formed and fashioned us in our mother's womb. So wouldn't we want to know the author and perfecter of our faith, the very God that knit us together? And so we read God's word and it reveals so much about the depth of who we are. So we read it and it holds up a mirror to us. So we read it to know God, to search our own hearts, but to also to be prepared. As I mentioned earlier, how often do we face problems and temptations and struggles and things that we are yet unaware for? And so we read God's word to prepare for when the time comes. And I've shared this before, but my heart has just been so affirmed in this that the Lord, there in November of 2020, sitting in my office trying to prepare for what the year would look like with scripture memory verses, and never in that moment in November of 2020, the fashion that we would memorize, 2 Timothy 1, 7, have I not, or excuse me, um, God has given us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. How he was preparing us in the whole month of September for what would happen at the end of the month. And so we're, we're learning, we're memorizing, we're studying so that we would be prepared when the moment comes that there would be a wave of anxiety. We would have something to call upon to prepare ourselves for. When we face a diagnosis that we're not ready for, prepared for, that we would have God's word to stand on the authority of his word to be prepared for, not knowing all that's coming around the bend. And so we read, we study, and we marinate on God's word to be prepared in those moments when we feel our knees get knocked out from under us. We, we read and study and we prepare for God's word to be prepared. When it feels like the rug gets pulled from under us, when we feel a diagnosis coming our way, when we feel like we don't get into the college or the university, we won't get the job promotion that we're looking for, that we have something to stand and hold on to in those times of great stress and strife and strain. And so we study to be prepared. Why else do we study God's word? Number four, to love others well. We study and we prepare with God's word so that we can love other people well. I'm amazed over these last 14 months as we have memorized 14 passages of Scripture, how often, how often as I'm counseling another person, how, how often as I'm talking to somebody who's in the hospital or preparing and talking to a family who's lost a loved one, that these Scriptures that we have memorized have come out so naturally and flowed so naturally from my mouth to their heart. 
And so we memorize scripture to be prepared to love others well. In that moment when you, you don't know what to say, you don't know how to respond, and you've got God's word hidden in your heart, how easily it can come out to say, hey, brother, I'm walking with you. Can I just give you a verse that's been helpful? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And I'm praying God's peace that surpasses all understanding regard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In those moments when you're struggling for wisdom that you would say, hey, I think you should do this. No, you would say, hey, I think James 1, 5 and 6 would be so helpful. That if you're lacking wisdom, that you would ask for it. And so we memorize and we study God's word so that we would be prepared to help people through whatever difficulty and struggles that they are facing. To love others well. And so let's look at four more. What keeps us from studying God's word? What keeps you and I from studying God's word? Number one, I think it would be busyness. I think one of the central things that keeps us from studying God's word is we keep a busy schedule. I tell you that tonight, if you have not time in your day to study, to read, and to apply God's word, if you look at your calendar, if you look at your day, and you have, you have no time to open and crack open God's word, can I just lovingly tell you that you are too busy? If you don't have a morning, if you don't have time in the morning to read and study God's word, if you don't have time in the afternoon or evening, if you don't have time any time in your waking hours to open up God's word and to spend time with the creator of this universe, if you don't have time to do that, then you are, in fact, too busy. But what I think so often is more the case is that we have misprioritized our days. That we get so busy doing so many random tasks, so many other things, so, many, so much time uh, glued to our phone, so much time glued to a screen that we miss the opportunities and we have misappropriated and prioritized our time away from the word. And so I think what keeps us from studying God's word is busyness is really a cop-out for not doing the thing that we are called to do. What else keeps us from studying God's word? I think at times we can be overwhelmed. We can be overwhelmed as we open up God's word, as we look at God's word sitting on the shelf. And maybe you go home today and you'd say, I'm going to read God's word tonight. And you look at this big book and you say, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to read. I get to words I don't understand. And so at times we can be overwhelmed and so we just give up. We can be overwhelmed because maybe we're 50 years old and we've never read God's word and we're embarrassed. And so we're just overwhelmed with all that we don't know. And so we just stop. Maybe... One of the things that keeps us from studying God's word is, number three, we just, we just don't know where to start. We have struggles starting. We say, maybe tomorrow I'll start reading and applying. Maybe tomorrow is the day that I'm going to get up early and read and study and apply God's word. Maybe we just keep putting it off over and over in the difficulty to getting started in God's word. Can I lovingly just say, maybe the book of John is a good place to start. Maybe the book of James is a wonderful place to start. To simply start somewhere reading and applying and studying God's word. And then number three, maybe just, or number four, just difficulty. Maybe it's just too difficult. You don't know what you're reading. You get lost in different passages, and so you just give up. So let me give you, no, this is a list night, six ways, six practical admonitions as you read. And then there's another fourth one. There's four, I mean, I got a list everywhere, so we're, we're going to make it through, okay? There's six practical tips for studying God's word. As you open up and study God's word, start Start reading God's word, bathing it in prayer. Before you even open God's word, start number one in prayer. When you read God's word before you have prayed, it's like being blind and or being uh, hard of, of seeing and trying to read a sign without your glasses on. Read God's word first, bathing it in prayer, coming to God's word and saying, Lord, 
today, I'm asking for your leadership and your guidance as I come to your word. I need your word today. So would you nourish me by it? To simply come in humility to say, Lord, I don't have all the answers, so I am seeking after your truth today. So you come, number one, with a heart of humility and you simply pray. Every time you open God's word, bathe it and start it in prayer. Number two, quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. You would say, well, all of God's word is quality, so what's the problem here? But can I tell you, as you read God's word, seek after quality over quantity. Many a believer get into this habit of saying, I'm going to read 15 chapters of the Bible every single day, and I'm not going to understand anything I've read. I'm not going to apply anything I've read. I'm just going to read huge swaths of the Bible, and you get done with it, and you have no idea what you've read. You've applied none of it, but you've read a lot of it. And can I just maybe just encourage you? Maybe, maybe focus on quality of what you're reading rather than quantity of what you're reading. And there's times and places where it's good to read a large chunk of it to get a good idea of what's going on. But maybe as you read and study and apply God's word, you need to focus on the quality of what you're reading. Have you ever been here before where you're driving home at night and you get into your driveway and you stop and think, how did I even get here? You've zoned out so much that you just, you don't even know what road you were on. You don't know how you got home. You have no idea what happened. You just found yourself at home and, and you're here. Have you been doing that before when you're reading God's word, where you're reading, you're reading, you're reading, and all of a sudden you think, okay, uh, no idea what I just read. I'm going to have to go back and reread that. I don't even know where I am right now. You've been there? Does everybody know where you are right now? Everybody good? All right. We're just on number two. We're going to make it, okay? So focus on quality over quantity. Focus on saying, maybe, maybe this, this verse has resonated in my heart as we've looked at Romans chapter 12. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Do you know that that would keep you busy for several weeks? If you just looked at that verse and said, Lord, over this week, I'm going to focus my heart on that one central verse to abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. It would keep you busy if you read God's word and said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up. And you focused and zoned in right there. Instead of reading chapters upon chapters upon chapters upon chapters, you said, Lord, refine me and let me glow that verse this week. And you pray over it. You saturate and you marinate on that central verse. At times we can get so gung-ho about huge swaths of scripture that we're not reading it, we're not really applying it, we're not soaking in on it, and we've read a whole lot of good stuff, but it's not reached our head, our hearts, and our hands, and our toes, and our mouths. So focus on quality over quantity, and find a plan. I encourage you to find a reading plan, a systematic reading plan that you can focus on reading scripture in a systematic way. And can I tell you with that, sometimes as you read and apply God's word, that you'll get into these reading plans like uh, read through the Bible in a year. And you'll come down to it and you get to Leviticus and you, you read it for a little while and then you stop and then you never restart it because you read Leviticus and you don't know what they're talking about. And you get miserable because it's probably uh, maybe mid-February. You're probably in a, a Leviticus right about now and you're probably miserable in it. And so you just stop. Or maybe it's so much that you just stop and say, I'll get back later and then you never do. Can I say, as you read a Bible reading plan, give yourself a lot of grace. Give yourself a lot of grace. You know, the enemy does not want you reading God's word, so we'll tell you all these different reasons to stop reading God's word. And so as you get into a systematic reading plan, give yourself the utmost grace as you read. 
I'm going to fly through. So number four, read to apply. As I talked about earlier, quality over quantity, read to apply God's word. As you're reading God's word, ask yourself, Lord, what are you calling me to? What are these, verse, what are these verses telling me that I'm called to do as I'm reading them? Read to apply God's word, not to have more information fill your head. And so stop. Let your heart be taken to say, Lord, what do these verses say about who you are? But how do I respond to what I have just read? Number five, write or journal. As you're reading God's word, write down what you're reading. Journal what you're reading. Journal what the Lord is teaching you. Write down the things that you're seeing and experiencing in God's word. Write it down where you can see it back to yourself. You'll, your future self will think what you are going through in that moment. As you're studying God's word, a helpful thing that has been for me over many years is to simply journal and write down the things that the Lord is teaching me as I am reading and studying and applying it. It is beautiful to look back five, ten years down the road to say, wasn't that so helpful what the Lord was walking me through in that season? To write it down. And then number six, ask questions. Ask questions. As you're studying and reading, ask questions. Come to your Bible fellowship classes and ask questions of one another. Say, hey, I read this last night. I have no idea what it means. Can you all help me? Ask questions of the text. Don't glance uh, over difficult things. And then four more. This is it. And these are going to be super quick, okay? We got this. Ready? Four more for scripture saturation. And these are highly practical to get God's word in your head. Number one, tape, tape God's word around your house. Put God's word up in your home. As you're walking around, put God's word up in your home. Can I tell you, I'm not trying to call her out, but, but Brittany for uh, this month of February has... Every morning, it's, I know this is cheesy, but it is so sweet. She puts up a little heart on my mirror as I'm getting ready, and it's got just a little encouragement on it. And it has blessed my heart tremendously to see these simple words of affirmation taped up as I'm getting ready in the morning. Those little affirmations go so far to just bind us together as husband and wife. And say, around your home, put up God's word in key places. Maybe as you're driving into work, tape scripture memory verses over your dashboard. Not over your speedometer, but over your, um, your car. So you're looking down between verses. Instead of picking up your phone to, to scroll through Twitter, your messages, look over your dash and begin to saturate on God's word. In your household, put up new scripture memory verses. So as you're walking around your house, as you see them, you, the Bible talks about putting them on the frontlets of your eyes. See God's word written around your house in core places around your house. Put God's word on your phone. Put God's word as a background on your computer. See God's word so you're saturated on it constantly. Number two, set scripture to music. I can tell you, as a father and having three kids, there is no better way for your kids and yourself to memorize scripture than to sing it. It's beautiful. There are places like the Verses Project that you can go to and Google, the Verses Project, or places like Seeds Family Worship that simply sing scripture. And it is beautiful, as I've told you, to hear our kids singing out God's word, scripture memory verses from the back of the minivan, how it blesses my heart and I need to hear it. How many scripture memory verses have I memorized by listening to God's word? How many lyrics do you know right now? A lot, right? If you were to drop a beat right now, many of you could probably wrap your way through a lot of 90s hits. But uh, how many scripture memory verses do you know that could be connected to God's word? Seriously, places like the Verses Project, write it down, listen to it. Places like Seeds Family Worship, parents, play it in your car. Brittany does a fantastic job of this in our car, playing out scripture for our kids to be saturated on constantly. There's a lot of filth and a lot of mess out there. 
be saturated on God's word. Set scripture music. And then intake variety. Variety is the spice of life so that I hear. And so get your intake variety. Friends, we are living in the golden age of Bible consumption. Do you know that right now you could leave this place and you could download James Earl Jones reading you the Bible? I'm dead serious. How cool is that? It's amazing. You can have any, pretty much anybody read you God's word. You can have it play on your car. You have it on your phone. You have access to it anywhere. You can have these incredible voice actors tell you and say to you God's word. You can have it sung to you by so many different people. So give variety to how you intake God's word. Maybe you need to write out God's word on a piece of paper so it sticks into your head. Maybe you need to put it up in different places. Maybe you need to sing it, but give variety to how you're taking in God's word. And then number four, talk about what you read. Finally, as you are reading and ingesting and learning God's word, talk about it. In your homes, talk about what the Lord is teaching you. Husbands and wives, talk about what God's word is revealing to you. Parents, talk to your children about what God is teaching you. Talk about what you're reading in God's word. Don't read in isolation from one another. Talk about it. Man, the Lord is teaching me a lot through this passage. Man, I am struggling to apply this passage. Abhor what is evil. I'm having a hard time figuring out what that looks like in my life. Have y'all found any help for you? Talk about it. Bible fellowship is a good time to do that. You're fellowshipping around hold on, the Bible. And so you talk about what you're reading and studying in the Bible. And so read it, study it, talk about it with one another. Don't, don't read it in isolation from one another. We need one another to help us, lead us, and guide us as we take in God's word. My prayer for us, as you look at that statistic, that as Bible-believing, born-again Christians, one in four never read their Bible. And I pray that that would not be true of us. I pray that maybe there would be a day here or there where we give each other a lot of grace for not opening up, but I pray. I pray that this church would not be known for those that would pick up their Bible to bring it to church and set it right down there where it was and pick it up again the next week. That when we go a day without reading God's word, we would know that something's up. Friends, if you would say that today, it's been a long time since you picked up God's word, the enemy may say, well, hey, start tomorrow. When you wake up tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna be the day, but don't wait till tomorrow. Maybe before you go to bed tonight, you just, you stop right there and you pick up God's word and you read it just for a moment, just for a second, just, just read it for a second. Pick it up, read it, begin tonight the process of letting God's word saturate into your heart. And I believe as you do, you will see a marketed difference in your actions and in your reactions, in your tone of voice, in your conversations, in your tenor with people and in your relationships. You will see a marked difference as you follow Jesus and as you start by studying and applying and reading God's word. Let me pray over you and for you, and then we'll sing. Lord, thank you for this night. Lord, thank you that we've had just the splendid opportunity to fellowship around your word this evening. We thank you for our Bible fellowship classes that would continue to pour God's word into one another. Lord, I pray that uh, tonight, if we, have, if we have maybe lost our way from reading and studying God's word, that we would we would let tonight be one of those catalyst-type nights that would implore us onwards, that we would deeply desire to study and fellowship and learn and apply and, and live in your word. I pray for husbands and wives and parents and grandparents and our students and 
all those in between, as they, as they would seek after your wisdom from your word, that it would stand on the authority of it. We thank you for all that you have done, all that you are doing, and all that you will do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. We're about to sing hymn number 312. I believe I got that right, softly and tenderly. Let this be a moment where you rededicate yourself to the Lord. I'm always thankful on those little connection cards every Sunday where I see people check, I'm recommitting my life to Jesus. And so many of you do that every week. You just 